This is Movies for the Blind, Episode 204, Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA, Part 2 of 2. Only the Lord would give me strength to conquer that woman. Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. We continue with Dirty Gertie, starring a performer who was called the most beautiful woman in Harlem, but who never crossed over to Hollywood by choice. Francine Everett was a popular star of race films, nightclubs, and modeling, and like her contemporaries, Dorothy Dandridge and Lena Horne, she got offers to be in mainstream Hollywood films. But she kept refusing to put in her time playing maids and other service people, kowtowing to whites. If she couldn't be in Hollywood on her own terms, she preferred to stay in race films, where she could play roles the mainstream wouldn't give her. It was only after the era of race films ended in the 1950s that she crossed over for a short time, including appearing in Sidney Poitier's film debut. But she soon retired from show business and took a clerical job at Harlem Hospital, where she worked until her retirement in 1985. All that time, and up to her death in 1999, she participated in panels and spoke often about the history of black cinema and her place in it. In this film, she's front and center as Gertie LaRue, a burlesque star who's had to take her show from Harlem to the tropical island of Rinidad after doing wrong to her man Al. Already, she has club owner Joe around her finger, along with two servicemen she calls Big Boy and Tight Pants. But a missionary is out to close down the show, and Gertie is still haunted by the sins of her past. Will the show go on? Here's the conclusion of Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA. At the club, a janitor sweeps up while Blues sits at his piano, dozing. She's here, I saw her. I know it's her. She called herself Taylor Ruth. I know it's her. Hey, man, wake up. You're talking out of your ears. Wake up! Al, you my friend. I told you she wasn't no good, but you wouldn't listen to me. You should have killed her. The janitor approaches Blues, who has his head propped up on his hand, and shakes him. Come on, man. Wake up. He does. He ain't got no business talking about killing anybody. Why am I? Ready in the Diamond Palace, where you was last night. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here come Mr. Joe. The janitor goes back to his work as Joe walks toward his office, then steps to Blues. Now, don't tell me you ain't been to bed yet. You got a rehearsal at 10 and a show tonight. Now, get some sleep, man. You won't be able to stand up. I'll be all right, Joe. Excuse me. I'll be all right. Well, that's fine. Uh, Another thing. What is this song you played last night? That soft song I hear around here so much. Miss LaRue doesn't like it. It upset her no end. In fact, it made her sick. It ain't much of a song, Joe. A pal of mine wrote it a long time ago for a woman who was nuts about it. Who was this woman? Oh, you wouldn't know anyway. She's no good rep. Well, don't play it anymore. Miss LaRue doesn't like it. Now, get some sleep, man, and be sure to be at rehearsal at 10 o'clock, Larry. All right, Joe. Leave it to me. Okay. I'll be all right. Joe steps away, and Larry tightens his loose necktie. 
He picks up a bottle of liquor on the piano and holds it up to check the contents, setting it back down. He takes a full shot glass and drinks. Later, Ezra eats breakfast at a table with Mr. Christian as a waiter serves coffee. Mr. Christian sits pensively with his untouched meal. Mr. Christian, I hate to say it, but I'm worried about you. You didn't sleep at all last night. You roll and toss and said a lot of things I don't like to repeat. And besides, you ain't even touched your breakfast. I'm not hungry, Ezra. This morning, I can see the path I must follow quite clearly. God will direct my steps. I'm going to the governor. Have him send this LaRue woman and all of her cheap rubbish off this island. They must not give their exhibition of filth tonight. Well, maybe you're right, Mr. Christian. But I can't help feeling awful nervous about what's going to happen. Don't worry, Ezra. The Lord will take care. Christian stands and walks away. Watching him go. Ezra turns to Christian's breakfast. With his own plate empty, he puts Christian's plate on top of his, glances to check he's not noticed, and digs in. Later outside, Joe tacks a show poster to a wall. Christian approaches him. When Joe finishes, he turns to find Christian behind him. I feel certain you know me and know my mission. In all fairness to you, I feel it is my duty to give you a chance to close this show and send this LaRue woman and all of her devil mongers back to where they came from. Yeah? Just suppose I don't. Then I'll go to the governor of the island. Listen, brother, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Come on, let's go inside and talk this thing over. Nothing could induce me to cross this threshold. No amount of money could make me enter that den of vice. God's wrath would strike me dead. Just what are you going to do about it? That you will soon see. Christian walks off, and Joe grins. <laughs> Later in the club, the rehearsal is in progress with the company dancing on stage in their street clothes. Gertie dances in the middle with the two men on either side and the chorus girls behind them. McCann watches and Larry plays. When Joe arrives, McCann goes to him and Joe whispers in his ear. McCann goes back to the stage. All that, all that. Quiet, everybody. Diamond Joe has something to say. He steps forward with his hands up. Girls and boys, I think it only fair to call your attention to the threats that are being made to close this show. Well, now, whatever you heard, just forget about it. Because nothing and nobody will close this show. I want all of you to know that the show will go away is let them have it. (laughs) Furthermore, In honor of this great star, Miss Gertie LaRue, coming to play at my Diamond Palace, I take great pride and joy in presenting to her this little token in memory of this most auspicious occasion. 
He hands her a small box, which she opens. Oh, a diamond ring! She takes it out, and the chorus girls gather around. Gertie's smile fades. She gets something from the floor and throws it at Larry's piano. You drunken, ugly bum! Didn't I tell you never to play that tune around me? If you do it again, I'll kill you! That's all right, Joe. Let it go. Okay, Stella. Let's go, Gertie. Joe helps her down from the stage, and they walk off past Larry. Okay, gang, let's get in there. Now, let's go. Stay all kind of a little closer, will you? Move over there. Larry watches them. All right, now get there. Stay in your place. And now, Larry, music. Later, big boy in tight pants sit on chairs on the hotel veranda. Oh, they have more of them. Mrs. Bridges steps out. Well, hello, boys. They stand. Uh, isn't it about time for the show people to be coming in? Yes, it is. They've got to get some rest before going to the show tonight. Ezra strides to the hotel stairs and steps up. Excuse me, please. Sure, sure, sure. When she steps aside, he goes into the lobby where Christian paces. Miss Christian. Mr. Christian. Yes, Ezra. What is it? Miss Christian, I just found out that those show people have been trying out their show all the morning. And if they go on ahead and give that show, no matter what you say... I'm not surprised at your report, Ezra. I've been to the governor. I regret to say that he'll do nothing to stop the performance until he has seen the show with his own eyes. That wicked man. But surely he wouldn't be seen setting a foot in such a vulgar dive. At every turn, I've been blocked. Now I must ask for divine guidance. He will show me how to rid this island of those willful sinners. Is there anything I can do, Mr. Christian? Yes, you can, Ezra. You stay here. I must closet myself and pray. I must commune with the Lord in secret. Christian steps away. Taking off his hat... Ezra sits on the sofa and shakes his head, kneeling at his bed. Oh, God, I beseech thee to show me the way. Light shines on him through a window. This one, this sinner, this temptress of men whose flesh is weak. Please, Lord, tell me, must I stop this dreadful performance, this horrible exhibition of flesh, you know, Lord, I'd loathe to witness such a spectacle of filth. But if it is, I will. I will slip into the diamond palace tonight, unseen, and watch unnoticed this show of doom, that I may be better able to judge in thy sight. Tell me, O oh Lord, must I go? Yes, Lord. I'm listening. You want me to go. Then if it is thy will, I shall not disobey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Outside, the company steps onto the veranda with Big Boy in tight pants and go inside. 
Gertie trails with Stella and McCann. Tight pants holds a bouquet. Come on, Gertie, don't fool around now. That's right, Gertie. Big show tonight. Okay, Get your rest. Okay. Stella and McCann go inside. I brought you some flowers, Gertie. I'll be pulling for you at the show tonight. Thanks, tight pants. I'll deliver every little movement to the Navy. This ain't much, Gertie, but I just wanted you to know what I'm thinking about. She accepts package. You're bringing me luck, big boy. Thanks a million. Kissing his cheek. She goes inside. Big boy touches his cheek. Christian comes downstairs and Ezra stands to meet him. Christian turns his head away from Gertie as she approaches the stairs. Going up, she nods at the back of his head and continues on. Only the Lord would give me strength to conquer that woman. I was just thinking, Mr. Christian, that I ought to see that show tonight. If I don't see that show... I can't tell you what an awful sinful thing it is. Don't you think I ought to see that show, Mr. Christian? Heaven forbid. Don't even think of such a dreadful thought. You stay here tonight. Understand? Yes, Mr. Christian. While you were waiting down here tonight, Ezra, I had a talk with the Lord. I can't reveal to you what he said to me, but if I'm late coming in, don't you worry. You'll know I have his work to perform. Yes, Mr. Christian. Bridges resets the clock behind the front desk. I'm going for a walk on the beach. He looks up. The way of the transgressor is hard. Christian steps away. Yes, Mr. Christian. Upstairs, Gertie finds a scarf in Big Boy's package. Just between you and I, Stella, I'm not doing so bad. I got a diamond ring, a diamond bracelet. A swell scarf? Not to mention the flowers. Not bad, huh? I got a sugar daddy, a sailor, marine, and a preacher man if I want to take the time to work on him. How am I doing, kid? Stella gets up from the bed. Better go easy. Some things don't look so good to me. I don't like the way that piano player looks at you. And there's that preacher man. He's got a bad look in his eye. And another thing. I didn't like it when that black cat ran across in front of us when we passed that alley. You know, Gertie, I'm not trying to scare you, but if I was you, I'd go see that voodoo woman and I'd see her quick. Yes, Del, I guess you're right. I must admit that black cat kind of scared me, too. I didn't say much, but I thought a lot. I've been trying to prep myself up all day. Ever since that guy played that tune, I've been feeling mighty funny. I believe you've got something there, Stella. I will see that voodoo woman. Soon after, she goes down to the lobby where Mrs. Bridges stands at the front desk. Mrs. Bridges, could you tell me where I can find that voodoo woman I hear the girls talking so much about? Sure thing, Mr. Rue. Sunny! I'll get Sunny to carry it. Else she'll never find it. Sunny steps out. You call me Miss Bridges? Yes. Tell her Mr. Rue down the back way to Old Hager's shack. Yes, Miss Bridges. This way, Miss Lewis. Old Hager's sure will tell you the truth, honey. And don't forget, she's got some special voodoo powder down there. Keeps the hands away. Get some of that, too. Sunny leads her through a back door. Then opens another to her outside. Gertie steps past him and he closes the door. Later, they walk by dilapidated fences and overgrown grasses. They stop. What's that whistle? 
that must be the boat over yonder at San Manland. Sometimes he brings supplies, and sometimes they proclaims uh, peace or uh, passion. Well, how much further do we have to go? Just right there, right there. He points to a house nearby. Okay, come on, let's get going. No, 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 no. What's the matter? No, I don't like to go over there. Ain't able. No. Ah. You want to wait for you? No, I guess I'll find my way. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Sonny walks off as Gertie approaches the small house with laundry on the clothesline and chickens walking around the yard. When she steps onto a porch, chickens scatter. She knocks on the screen door, and a large person turns from a stove. Gertie opens a wooden door and steps inside. She closes it behind her. In a floral dress and headscarf, the fortune teller approaches. What do you want? I want to know the truth about my future. The fortune teller directs her to a chair at a small table, and she sits. Putting a cooking spoon aside, the fortune teller also sits at the table before a smooth white ball the size of a grapefruit. Fortune teller turns to the ball and waves hands around it. Peering intently into the ball, the fortune teller grows alarmed, then turns to Gertie. What's the matter? Why don't you say something? You better go home. It's better you go home. You should not know the truth. I don't want to go home. Tell me the truth. The fortune teller stares again into the ball. I hate to tell you. But you've done something bad. I see a man. He's mad at you. Looks like he's coming after you. I see blood. Distressed, Gertie reaches into her purse. Everything goes dark. That's bad. Gertie pays the fortune teller and leaves. Later backstage. The chorus girls sit at a dressing room counter doing their makeup and hair. A door behind them opens and Gertie steps in, unsmiling. She sits at a table across from Stella and checks her face in a hand mirror. Gertie, you certainly had me worried. I was thinking to send somebody out to find you. I went to see that old voodoo woman. Certainly didn't tell me anything good. She sets down the mirror. Oh, I got a feeling that old woman's a fake. The mirror's fallen. They both look down to the floor. The glass lies shattered. Gertie, that's bad enough. Soon after, the Diamond Palace is full of patrons as Larry plays with a small band. The well-dressed patrons clap along at their tables, smiling and chatting. Big Boy and Tight Pants sit up front.
Joe steps out among the tables and walks toward the stage. Standing in front of a curtain, he holds his hands out. Thank you, folks. Thank you, one and all. In just a few moments, the show goes on, and you will see that star of stars, Miss Gertie LaRue, direct from Harlem, USA. And now, on with the show! When he steps aside, the curtains open, revealing the chorus girls in a line wearing different long gowns. They start to dance, chugging their arms and swinging their hips. Bartender shakes a cocktail behind the bar as the audience watches the show. The girls pause and each holds an arm out to the two men of the company who slide out on stage. Wearing white tie and long black tails, they tap dance, eventually shuffling gracefully from side to side in unison. audience watches. The dancers start to kick higher, then hop with their legs crossed. The dancer on the right spins away, making room for the dancer on the left to perform a solo, shuffling with loose limbs. He crosses his legs back and forth quickly, then jives. He stands up on his toes and turns to his partner, who steps toward him and slaps his palm. The dancer on the left goes down into a split, springs back up, and goes down again, pulling himself up again for more tap dancing. He taps forward and back, then does a handspring as his partner does the splits, bouncing up at the same time. They tap dance together again, side by side. The dancer on the left makes way for the dancer on the right to solo, with wildly swinging arms and turns. He spins to go down into splits and goes back up just halfway, holding position for the crowd's applause. When he gets it, he slides back up to stand. Then he spins and does the move again. Pulling back up, he goes down again, pretending to strum a guitar as his wide legs move in and out. He slides back up, joined by his partner for more tap dancing. The dancer on the left crouches low on his toes, bouncing up and down on them. Then he stands as his partner spins and goes into splits and back up. Together, they shuffle with their legs far back. Then go straight, spin, go into splits and bounce up again. They bow. The dancers speak. Here she comes with a nice smile, walking with, with her nice smile. But at heart, she seems so weak, for her spirit shout, hallelujah, but her flesh is too darn weak. So, and meet her, or you guys who want to meet her, she's very, 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 from all of USA. The company turns back, where two girls open another curtain to show Gertie on a pedestal. Stella helps her step down to the stage, where Gertie starts swaying her hips, 
She wears a light skirt down to her ankles, high-heeled shoes, a tight sparkly top which bears her midriff, long gloves and a flower in her hair. The audience watches. And near the club's entrance, Ezra sneaks in. He hides behind a corner. As Gertie pulls off one long glove. Ezra smiles. Gertie waves her hips and arms, smiling invitingly. She starts to undo the other glove and waves the first glove around. She slowly pulls off the other glove, then gets it off. She tosses one aside. Then the other. A few feet away from Ezra at the back, Christian stands, seething. Gertie jives with her full skirt swinging. Ezra chuckles to himself and rubs his chin. Gertie dances freely in the middle of the half circle of the company. She turns around, shaking her hips. Ezra shakes his head in wonder, but Christian keeps seething. Gertie reaches for the waistband of her skirt and teases at it. Christian breathes hard. Gertie plays with a zipper on the side of the skirt. Christian steps forward. Stop it! The audience turns, but Gertie keeps going, so Christian steps on stage. I command you to stop! What do you mean by stopping this show? Jesus throws the thieves out of the temple, and I shall do likewise. He slaps her. <laughs> Big boy and tide pants jump up as the girls run off. As Gertie struggles with Christian, the servicemen and the dancers work to get them apart. The audience gets up and hurries off as Joe steps out of his office. Spotting the men getting Christian away from Gertie, he runs on stage and rushes Gertie off. Later, he walks her back to the hotel. Go to your room, Gertie. Lay low until this blows over. I gotta get back to the Diamond Palace to see about the damage. Okay, Joe. Thanks a lot. Okay. She steps up to the veranda and soon after enters her room, still in her costume, but with a cape over her shoulders. She switches on a light, then locks the door. She tosses the key on the vanity with the mirror. Reaching between curtains, she pulls a robe from a closet. She takes off the gauzy cape and lays it over the front rail of the bed, putting the heavier robe on one shoulder. She pulls it on around herself. She ties a sash at the waist and steps to the vanity. She looks into the mirror, running a hand over her hair and face, then turns away. God, what a wreck. She sighs. Stepping to the bed, she pulls off the cape, then goes to the chair by the balcony and drops it there. She steps to a chest of drawers and turns on a lamp sitting on it. 
then picks up some records and looks through them. A record player sits on a table beside her. Selecting a record, she puts it on the turntable and puts the needle on it. She lights a cigarette. Smoking, she looks around. She steps around the chair to the French doors of the balcony and opens them, gazing into the night. She grows anxious, her eyes darting to the side. She puts the cigarette in her mouth and closes the doors, then paces to the record player and takes off the needle. She paces round the bed to the mirror and smokes. She stubs out the cigarette. Picking up a perfume bottle, she takes off the stopper and dabs perfume on her neck, gazing idly into the mirror. When she puts the stopper back, a figure appears in the mirror on the balcony. Gertie looks into the mirror again, checking her face, as a man steps inside. She sees him and turns. I've come to get you, Gertie. She shakes her head, terrified. Al throws off his hat. She tries to throw something at him, but he lunges and grabs her. Struggling, she falls. I love you, Al. She stands. I've always loved you. Let's go away someplace. Any place. Start all over again. Kiss me, Al. He pushes her onto the bed and pulls out a pistol. She convulses, then collapses on the bed. Al stands over her, dropping the gun. He slowly bends down to her and kneels. I love you, baby. I always love you. He caresses her hair and holds her limp arm. A policeman arrives behind him with Stella and picks up the gun. Al, why did you do it? I killed her because I love her. Al keeps caressing Gertie's hair as the policeman and Stella watch. Another policeman crosses the room to the balcony doors. Looking into the night, he closes them. The end. Described for Movies for the Blind. And that was Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA. So why did Gertie stop that record she had playing at the end? It could be because the song is titled Blues in the Night, which you might remember with the nickname of Larry the Piano Player and Al's old friend. Something a little more lighthearted coming up as we start a series of shorts starring one of the great icons of comedy, W.C. Fields. That's next time on Movies for the Blind.
To find out more about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, moviesfortheblind.com. We can also find out about this podcast Creative Commons license. The movies are from the Internet Archive, so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and donating at archive.org. Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next week. Take care. Thank you.